In the fourth and final part of our series on Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, we'll close out the stories of both Cricket and Ng. We'll discuss Ng's flight to Canada, the buffoonery that led to his arrest, his absurd tactics in delaying his court proceedings, and finally, his trial. We'll also learn some interesting facts about Ng's trial and talk about where he is today. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. I'm sure even the most depraved of you listeners are ready for the conclusion of this nightmare, so stick around. As they often say when I'm in a house of ill repute, putting on a Jimmy hat, let's wrap this up. This is Necronomapod. Sheds where victims were allegedly held and Harvey Dubs video equipment. Police caught Ng and Lake in June of 1985 allegedly trying to steal from a South San Francisco store. Lake killed himself while in police custody by swallowing a cyanide pill. Ng fled and was captured in Canada. It took six years to get him returned to California to stand trial. In another seven years of delays, Ng has gone through three judges, a change of venue, and eight attorneys. I mean, I feel cheated. I feel cheated that Leonard Lake immediately popped a cyanide pill and and took the easy way out, and I feel cheated that Ng has run off to Canada and, you know, like I say, I'm particularly annoyed, angry that he's managed to play the game for so long. One beer, two beers, three beers. Friend of the show, Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> letting us know where we're at in our count tonight. Stopping by for some encouragement. Yeah. Thanks for the pep talk, Stephen. <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. What is your all time or what? Not all time. What is your what was your favorite cartoon show? When you were a youngster, what did you watch? What Battle of the Planets. Battle of the Planets. Is that still on anywhere now that people can check so. it out? No. Uh-huh. You had that quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. Little Dave sitting in front of the TV <laughs> watching Battle <laughs> yeah, of brother. the Planets. <laughs> Eating some sugar smacks Saturday morning. <laughs> All right. Ian, what about you? What was yours? Transformers. Okay. Wow. Well, spoiler alert. I guess I'm the nerd of the group. Mine was Doug. From Nickelodeon. I mean, Doug's good. I'm not going to. I loved Doug. That was my shit when I was a kid. What was the song? What were the two songs? Um, Well, his song was. Yeah, but like in the show, they had that band. Um, Um, Banging on a trash can. (laughs) Drumming on a street light. That's the one I remember. There was another one, though. I used to love Doug. Doug's good. I got to look up. There's got to be some porn out there of Doug putting <laughs> it to pa- putting sure. it to Patty Mayonnaise, right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Giving Patty Mayonnaise the mayonnaise. Yeah. Or Skeeter banging Patty and cucking Doug. <laughs> I guarantee that exists, too. Wasn't Skeeter the- no, Skeeter was his friend. <laughs> yeah. Who was the bully? Uh, Roger. Roger. See, you know more about it than me. Doug's just crying in the corner <laughs> watching. <laughs> Jerking off, though. <laughs> Dave's like, now I'm going to start watching Doug. <laughs> If, if Doug was a cuckold comedy or a cartoon, maybe, you know, <laughs> I might still have legs. Yeah, I was a big fan. Rule 34. That's it. If it exists, there's a porn of it on the internet. There's got to be somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I bet you could just do a quick Google and it would come up. Well, I'm not going to do that right <laughs> now. It's a family show. <laughs> what about, what was your, do you have a favorite... Guilty pleasure TV show. 
like something that's just ridiculous or silly or goofy that you just got into. For me, it's the Three Stooges. Big fan. Are we talking back then or now? Anytime. Do anytime. Guilty pleasure mm. TV show. I do have to admit, I watch both of those 911 shows and they're, they're currently they're ridiculous, but it's probably my favorite show. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, they're a little cheesy from yeah. what I've seen. They're not great. Oh, and Ian likes, I love them though. Ian watches Maury, right? You love that. Yeah, shit. I guess that would be my guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah, all that kind of stuff. Judge Brown, all that stuff. <laughs> oh my god. So, goodness. like the, the local channels between two and four o'clock every day yeah. is where you're at. It's like it starts around noon and then whenever, oh, uh, excuse me, noon, whenever Dr. Phil comes on at like four or five, that's when it's a wrap. Yeah. You're like, I'm done with that shit. Yeah. It's too bad Jerry's not around. We can't go. I always want to go to a taping of a Springer show. I feel like that'd be like going to like a wrestling show, right? Like you cheer oh, yeah. and you boo and yeah. hiss. And Get some girls. They're Jerry beads. <laughs> yeah. Hook it up. Man. <laughs> I like Amari when they have to like beep out swear words and stuff. Like, I want to be that dude. I want to get super <laughs> fucked up and go to a Mari taping and just be yelling swear words the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Good stuff. Steve Wilkos is on, too. He has his own show now, yeah, right? Yeah. That's Jerry's uh, bodyguard. Oh, yeah, the guy. best was when he would break up fights and then the crowd would just be like, Steve, 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 <laughs> Steve, Steve. That's what they chant when the show starts for him. <laughs> <laughs> and is it the same kind of stuff? His is like super dark shit. It's usually like pedophiles and stuff. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, I don't want to go to that. It's weird. Yeah. His isn't very fun. I so, would. Charles, we understand you cooked a baby. Uh, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> that's kind of what's going on in Steve's show. Oh, see, usually I'm the transition guy. Let's look at him over here. <laughs> so, I guess with that, with that teaser, Ian, where do we leave off? Where we left off on part three, Lake and Ng's run at being serial killers came to an end with Charles Ng stealing a $75 vice from a hardware store. When he saw Lake being talked to by the security, he just bailed on him. Lake was taken by the police for having Scott Stapley's gun with a silencer attached. And Clara Lynn Ballas, a.k.a. Cricket, took Ng to a bus station where he made his way to Canada and Lake made good on all those threats of taking a cyanide pill and committed suicide before police even talked to him. Thank God for dumb criminals, right? Yeah. Like these guys were flying under the radar. They, were, they weren't, you know, under suspicion or anything. They could have went a lot longer. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about in a little while here, the only eyewitness account from any of this. Like mm -hmm. they were, no one even thought anything with these two. Well, and it's a little absurd that they were under the radar, given that Charles Ng couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut. <laughs> any time ever in his life Correct. right he told anyone who would listen about what the fuck was yeah. going on including what we're getting into today i think there's a fair amount of people that probably have a guilty conscience about not saying something about the shit charles ing talked about way sooner they should yeah well they were a lot of these people were already in prison right so maybe that was you know, you probably hear a lot of shit talking in prison and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. He's trying to sound hard. Or maybe you have an attitude of, well, fuck it. I'm already in here. Like, fuck the system. I'm not helping anybody. Yeah. We'll talk about that later, too, because talk about Charles Ng being the funny guy. He's the funny guy among murderers and thing like those are all the people that hung out with him were not mm. great people anyways if, if there was a sitcom of, of serial killers he would be like the the comic relief of yeah. the whole thing like he's the george costanza <laughs> right. of the uh the show 
He does his kick and the laugh track goes off. Yeah. <laughs> Spin takes a pencil out of someone's hand. <laughs> I didn't even feel bad making light of any of this because he's really a piece of shit. But. So like we said on part three, Cricket knew the police were going to close in on the cabin that her father owned that Lake and Ng were operating out of. So Cricket went to the cabin and took out what she says were consensual videos of her and Lake that would be embarrassing for her. It wasn't long after this, like pretty much the next day, police got in contact with Cricket because in the back of the car, Lake and Ng were driving. They found an electric bill to the cabin with her name on it. Cricket immediately lawyered up and told police where Charles Ng was, like where he was headed. Just, That's the right thing to do, lawyer up, by the way. Regardless of the scenario we're discussing currently, <laughs> it always correct the lawyer up. Through negotiation, Cricket's lawyer got her full immunity from the state of California, which was something they didn't really want to do, but they were kind of out of options. Lake was dead. Ng fled the country. And there wasn't any concrete evidence that Cricket was a part of any of the murders, but police were certain that she knew everything about it. Sure seems like she was probably guilty of at least some sort of accessory charge here. For sure. I think I said it on part three or two, but the book Die For Me that I've used yeah. for this, there's a whole web of legal stuff that went to her getting immunity, you know? So as I said, if anybody really wants to get into this case more, that book is very detailed. It kind of resembles the Carla Hamolka immunity plea where they were a little too early to pull the trigger on that. And, uh, you know, maybe found out later. Yeah. If they would have waited probably about three weeks on it, Charles then got himself, you know, we're going to see he gets himself in trouble. So they maybe not wouldn't, you know, but I think their thought is what, you know, Lake's already dead. This is our one last opportunity to get this guy at least. So let's just cut this deal yeah, I mean, and then go all in on him. But yeah, I agree. I mean, you could have waited, but. Cricket was interviewed by Detective Larry Copeland with her lawyer present. Detective Copeland asked first asked Cricket about Operation Miranda, to which she said, quote, I told him you can't just steal somebody and hold them like that. And I watched the movie. This man in the story kidnaps this woman and keeps her and she eventually dies. So I told him, you just can't do that. I understood his beliefs about storing away food and supplies, you know, preparing for Armageddon. But I didn't go along with having a sex slave. That's a bridge too far, apparently, for cricket. Storing food. Yeah, but I told him you probably shouldn't keep a girl here. <laughs> she drew a line in the sand and said, I will not cross that. <laughs> okay, cricket. Cricket admitted that she helped finance the torture bunker. She said, quote, I gave him several hundred dollars. I told him I didn't like the idea and that I thought he just couldn't snatch somebody and keep them locked up. But she still gave him money for it. Mm. Copeland asked her, uh, back in Philo, you were aware that Ng and Leonard both had a propensity and a fantasy to snatch women and have their way with them that they poisoned cats up there with cyanide as an experiment to which cricket replied. So that doesn't say I murdered anybody. If she already had immunity at this point, why is she so concerned with like protecting herself? Yeah. We're, we'll talk about it later too. She ends up being a completely worthless, like this interview, her courtroom testimony. 
it's she never lives up to anything that was in the immunity. I, I don't know why she got it, kept it the whole time, but interesting. She does. She's not very helpful. Hmm. I mean, you can gut the immunity deal sometimes if you're not, you know, it stipulates how cooperative you have to be. And if you don't supply that right. evidence, that's why I'm surprised that in this case that they yeah. didn't just strip that and charge her with something. Uh, Copeland pushed more. You're trying to lead us to believe that you don't know anything about all of this, yet you lay in bed and have conversations with Leonard. You talk about plans to build this bunker. You talk about little kids at your school. Cricket replied, yeah, so. This is basically what went on for the rest of the interview. The only excuse Cricket made trying to say it was out of her hands was, quote, I remember thinking when he was wanting me to help him solicit people from shopping malls, this is getting out of control. And I thought that I could, by seeing him and still having sex, maybe I could keep him from doing that. But there was nothing I could do, basically. You could call the police, you dirty, rotten bitch. <laughs> How about that, cricket? It is, I am of the opinion that she is involved 100% in all of this. Sure, just because she didn't maybe actually commit any of the murders. Yeah, and fully aware of everything. She knew exactly what was going on. I agree, Mike. I mean, I was just piggybacking on what you said. <laughs> We're agreeing with each other. Yeah. Like we said at the end of part three, this investigation and all of this was happening really quick. Like, police were not messing around. So when police went to the cabin and started searching, the first thing they found were tons of cyanide pills hidden all over the place, like on the tops of door frames, just everywhere. Is it easy to just buy cyanide pills? <laughs> Maybe back in the 80s. Like, but like even now, is that like, is that a thing you could just get? I don't know. You can make it. Can you make it? I think I've asked this question during this series. It does sound point, familiar. And I yeah. do feel like you gave the exact same answer. Like you can yeah. just, you make it. At least I'm consistent. I don't know. I think. <laughs> People listening are like, you fuckers talked about this one week ago. Well, <laughs> sorry. One beer. Two beers. Three beers. And that's why I asked the same questions over and over again. <laughs> I hope no kids came over and accidentally uh, ate cyanide. Well, oh, it looks like candy laying around. Dave, they're top of door frames. They can't reach them. Huh? He was responsible. Okay. He was being responsible about it. You're not going to leave them out like in a candy okay, dish. That's fair enough. Put them in with the M&Ms. <laughs> play Russian roulette with candy. Grab a handful. And you don't know what you're going to get. The first thing police found that pointed towards foul play was Harvey Dubs video equipment. When the Dubs family went missing, all the police had to go on was an eyewitness who said that they saw a balding man with a beard and a, quote, strange, muscular Chinese man in the neighborhood that evening. Now they had Harvey's video equipment in this weird cabin that was lived in by two guys that fit that description. Pretty good description. Yeah. For that eyewitness. It's accurate. Yeah. You know, when he said that, when that guy eyewitness said that, I knew exactly who he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out right there. I think I should become a, a police detective. I can it's do not it. too late. I think I can do it. You got like two years left, right? Yeah. For eligibility. Do that. Get in there. You know, if a child's killed, don't move the body upstairs oh, that's and, another cover, good and cover it with a blanket from the house. I got this. It's a good, it's a good first step. Don't let, you know, groups into the home. You're really coming with the good advice tonight. I think I could do <laughs> it. Do be a police <laughs> consultant and teach at the academy. From now on, I'll be police, de uh, police detective Mike. Refer to me as detective. <laughs> Moving forward. Got this. 
I think it's a new character. I, like I just figured out who committed all these crimes based on that eyewitness statement. I can piece it all together, I think. I can puzzle it together. I know who did it. So at this Notice point. in his description, he did not mention cricket, though. Oh, okay. Well, she's probably driving a getaway car. <laughs> Bitch. No, coming after and role-playing as one of the victims. And, well, you know, yeah. banging out Lake. So the police are probably fairly certain they got their guy at this point. It all adds up. I or mean, they know who it is. They don't have him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're like, this are, these are the guys for right. sure. Yeah. Well, when that guy took, when he takes a cyanide pill and you had just arrested him for what? Burglary. <laughs> and he's, he's killing himself. You're like, yeah, that was the first Something clue. fishy's <laughs> going on here. Getting to the search of the bunker. The main room was a 20 foot by 12 foot workshop area with a bunch of tools and power saws hanging on a plywood wall next to a workbench. On closer inspection, many of the tools were found to be covered with a dried brownish substance that was possibly or probably blood. Attached to the bench was a broken vice, probably why Ng tried to steal one to replace it. And as they searched the room further, detectives checked the dimensions of it and discovered it was smaller than the size it seemed to be from the outside and figured there was probably a hidden room. They soon found that the plywood tool rack was actually a door leading to a smaller room. Inside was a double bed, a side table, books, and a reading lamp. And on one of the walls was a wooden plaque with the words Operation Miranda carved into it. Some kind of sick, deranged pride of ownership thing going on there. Fucking plaque on the wall. The room also contained military equipment, including uniforms, boots, tons of guns, assault rifles, shotguns, machine guns. Um, On the floor, police found a work shirt and baseball hat with the words Dennis Moving Service embroidered on them. So. Oh, that guy he killed for seniority, right? Yeah. Ugh. He killed two people yeah, from him that when he worked there. Who was the other one? The guy that took off a week and he's like, oh, bitch, you still have seniority? He killed him. And the one that he got into an argument with and the guy called him, uh, said something to the effect of like, you goddamn Chinaman, I should have never given you this job. Oh, yeah. Right. I forgot about that second one. Yeah, he killed two people while he was at the moving <laughs> company. <laughs> goddamn. In a bookshelf on the far wall, between books on explosives and chemicals, detectives found a small window that appeared to be made up of multiple panes of glass. On another shelf was a military starlight scope, which was initially designed for snipers and is capable of viewing objects in extremely low light conditions. Like basically night vision, like a Mm -hmm. night vision sniper scope. On another wall were 21 photographs of young girls in various stages of undressing, uh, most of which were taken outdoors. Did we just time travel back to Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. Two of the pictures had been taken in front of wallpaper with cartoon characters on it, and police would eventually identify the wallpaper as being the same that was used in the South City Juvenile Hall, which was the same location that cricket worked as a teacher's aide well was the wallpaper dug because i heard all crazy people like that, <laughs> that dug show probably yeah. <laughs> i'm just thinking about doug porn now that's what i want to get into <laughs> dear diary 
Today I banged out Pat <laughs> After checking their measurements again, the detectives found that there was probably a third room behind that small window. Behind a bookcase, there was another secret door that led to a room with the window. The room itself was only three foot by seven foot, and inside they found a small bed, a chemical toilet, air fresheners, and a water container. What's a chemical toilet? What does that mean? It dissolves the excrement and stuff with chemicals. So it's not like a flush type thing, or? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. And all my various urinations that I've had, you know, like 45 a day. Yeah. I don't think I've ever used a chemical toilet. Can you imagine being in a 21 square foot room and having to go to the bathroom? I get. It ain't that strong chemicals. Three foot by seven foot, though. That gives me like claustrophobia thinking about oh it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Three foot by seven foot. I wouldn't even have room for my dangle. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I going to put my penis, Lenny? It doesn't even fit in this mini room. What do you want me to do with this thing? Like, come on. I mean, at least an extra 12 feet here. Oh, Holes had been drilled in the wall to provide ventilation, but they were covered with uh, not a screen. I can't remember the word for it. It was something that I didn't know what it was, but mm. something that like air could still go through. Okay. But no light would come through. Yeah. I can't remember the material that they used to do that. Well, holes is holes, right, Mike? That's what I've always said. <laughs> I literally have that tattooed on my uh, ass. And the O didn't need to be tattooed. It was uh, right anatomically there. <laughs> it was there. <laughs> he saved 20%. <laughs> he only had to have the H-L-E-N-S tattooed. Uh, one, less, one less letter. Come on. <clears throat> I go for those discount tats. After- I want to start a tattoo place. <laughs> oh, sorry. I want to start a tattoo place and call it discount tats and just see if anybody would ever show up. Discount oh, tats. they would for sure. Yeah. And then you're going to tattoo? Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll just hire guys fresh out of prison, prison tat style. Mike, we do have a, a patron that's um, asked for you to draw a tattoo they would like to get. So whatever you want to draw. They want me to tattoo them? They want you to. <laughs> that is not okay. <laughs> they want you to draw something and they to would like tat- to get it tattooed. What do they want me to draw? Whatever. You, we've had this discussion. Apparently you forgot about it, but. Uh, Oh. Anything. It's your to- uh, dealer's choice. Mike's choice. Whatever you want to draw. So anything I draw for this, is it a man or a woman? Uh, it's a man. He's going to get tattooed on him. Correct. I'm calling his bluff. Do it. Draw it up. Mm. All right. I'll come up with something. All right. After closely examining both rooms at the same time, they discovered that the window was two-way glass. They later discovered a button beside it, which, when it was pushed, allowed people in the first room to hear any sounds coming from within the smaller room. When they turned off the lights and used the sniper scope, they found that it was perfectly set up to just watch their captives in the dark. It's a fucking horror movie. Yeah. How many places like that are out there? Man. Terrifying. What's the FBI? What's their their estimate? A couple hundred or... I think it's lower than that. I, think it was, I thought it was like 50 or 75. Oh, I thought it was more than that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's low, but still. Dave's out here terrifying everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's under 100, but they're operating like, at any yeah, given time. Like two per state, maybe. Yeah. 
Do you ever think about like, uh, you know, anytime you stay in a hotel, like what if any of those mirrors were like, a, you know, one of those where people can be watching you from the other room or something? I guess it's possible. People are freaks, man. You always hear about. I just saw well, like hidden camera yeah. set up. Fucking weirdos. Yeah. Some, someone local or within the Cleveland area, not that long, or maybe it was within the last couple of years. Didn't they get in trouble for putting those little uh, it hidden cameras right. yeah. in women's bathrooms and stuff? Weird, man. Some pastor. I know this is going to shock you, but he just got <laughs> thirty-five years in prison for taping uh, little kids changing or something. More of that on next month's Bible battle. <laughs> <laughs> Police had a survey team go over the property and they found tons of spots where there had been holes dug and covered. In one of these, police found a plastic barrel with a videotape inside labeled M ladies, Kathy and Brenda, which were the ta- was the tape that we talked about in detail. And then on part two, a little bit. Which is so fucking stupid. Why would you just write exactly what it is on yeah, the tape? For real. Yeah. If you're trying to hide something. Maybe kayfabe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like write at some random TV show or mm-hmm. something. Something. Yeah. yeah. The Goonies. Sure. Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Police would have been like, all right, throw that away. <laughs> so that actually would have been a good idea, honestly. I'm like, all right, throw it away. Also in this barrel, there were tons of nude photos of women and girls, Lake's diary, and another video that was labeled taboo. As police, why would you not destroy them? People get bold, man. They get away with shit. They're like, no one's going to touch us. So we're assuming that like this was all done ahead of time. Like this wasn't like cricket burying this stuff after Lake was dead. Because, like, I'm thinking if, if, if it was Cricket doing it, Lake's already dead. Destroy that shit because now it's on. I wasn't thinking it was Cricket. You think they were just doing it, keep it hidden. They, di- they, they dig it up when they wanted to they watch it. Yes. Yeah. Seems like a lot, but it's, well, all of this. Seems, they were proud of all this, though. Right. Still, label it something else. Doug, seasons one through three. <laughs> <laughs> As they kept looking at these spots um, on the ground, they noticed a spot of dozens, if not hundreds, of ants carrying maggot eggs from a spot that had a half-buried piece of plywood in the ground. When police pulled up the plywood, they found a piece of human spine that still had flesh attached, which turned out to be from the first known M lady, Kathy Allen. Who was She was just the 18-year-old girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like- this led police to find thousands of bone fragments on the property, um, almost all of them having been burned, and a charred piece of human liver. The medical examiner determined that some of the bones and the piece of liver came from a child that was between the ages of three and seven years old. We know for a fact that Lake and Ng were responsible for the murder of two children, which were both a little more than a year old, so this points to them killing more children. That we just don't know about. We also know for a fact that including the two babies, Lake and Inger confirmed to have killed 11 people. But with the amount of bone fragments that were found, it points to the FBI and police thinking that they at least killed 25 people in this two-year period. Wow. 
Yikes. It was about, I think, if I remember correctly, 45 pounds of bone fragments. Holy shit. After being burned. Uh, yeah, after. That's why they, yeah, they think 25 people. Man. And with the kids, the you know older kids' bones found within there, you would have to maybe assume uh, like just wiping out a whole other family. Yeah. Because they had already done it twice. So they weren't above that. And no one ever even came forward, though. Mm. No, I, I figured there might have been something online maybe where somebody dug into like missing persons cases from back then and tried to link them. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't see anything about like who those other people could have been. Right. Wow. I mean, but of course there were more. Of course there were. Yeah. The next step was to watch the tapes, which we already talked about the M lady one. But the one labeled taboo just looked like a normal movie recorded from TV. However, watching a second time, the detective watching noticed a split second flash on the screen. When the detective paused at the flash, it showed two bodies wrapped in plastic and sleeping bags stacked in a blue wheelbarrow. Police found that the blue wheelbarrow was the same one in the shed on the property and buried in one of the spots, they found the bodies of Lonnie Bond Sr. and Scott Stapley, still wrapped in the plastic and sleeping bags, saw in the video. Well, so they taped all that, and what, they just decided to tape over it uh, for good measure? And maybe they just decided they didn't want that anymore? I, I don't know. Yeah, they didn't do it perfectly. No, that's the thing about VHS tapes. You got to burn those tapes, man. <laughs> tape over. That's what I'm talking about. Like what, you know. Yeah. That's like when you taped over your wedding tape with a WWF pay-per-view, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm so old, I have things in VHS. <laughs> I, used to, uh, <laughs> I used to record Raw all the time back in the day. See? On VHS tapes. Yes, when you were a child. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I meant your first communion, not, not your wedding. <laughs> your first communion. Well, I think that was a smart move, right? You know, Stone Cold Stunning Vince McMahon or a first communion? What would you rather watch? So Lake was arrested and committed suicide on June 2nd, 1985. By July 1st, 1985, police had presented all of this evidence to a judge and had multiple murder charges filed against Charles Ng. On the same day as charges were filed, an international manhunt was issued for Charles Ng, conducted by the FBI, Interpol, Scotland Yard, and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. As soon as they found all these, you know, 45 pounds of bone fragments, no one was fucking around. They were all in on trying to find Good. Charles Ng. I would hope so. On July 6, 1985, Charles Ng went to the Hudson Bay Company store in Calgary where he was seen by security walking around the store, putting stuff in a bag that he brought into the store with him. <laughs> he can't help himself. He can't. <laughs> he just loves it. He likes God to steal damn. things. What was the joke I made last week? And not knowing what was to come, he's going to get busted like stealing a oh, pack of gum. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty damn close. <laughs> right there. Two liter of Pepsi. Yeah. He stole a, a can of salmon. Two, a two liter of Pepsi, some canned soup, sugar, and some other random shit. Canned salmon. I've not had that. Make salmon patties. Good. It's not bad. I, I always thought salmon patties would be like frozen, like salmon patties. I thought they, they used canned salmon. I don't know. 
Maybe. You, I don't I'm know. no expert. I'm just yeah. supposing. I like a good salmon patty with some mustard. Well, that could be okay. I just, you know, out of a, I'd, I think I'd rather have it frozen than out of a can. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'd have to try them. But then you have to mash it up. This is already who, mashed I mean, up. Look at who we're talking to here. I eat everything out of a can. Maybe I just fucking <laughs> pop that can of salmon open and just go to town on it. <laughs> Maybe you would. Yeah. Pretty sure that's also what they serve cats, right? Like that's cat food. I, yeah, more or less with some filler, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When he walked out of the store, security approached him, which resulted in a struggle, and Ng pulled a 22 out of his bag. The two members of security wrestled Ng to the ground, during which struggle Ng shit himself. I, I'm shitting my pants, literally. Did you hear that? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Are we back to the toilet humor? I think that started in part one. Just coming full circle on it. That was a good clip. I think that's Bam Margera, actually. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my God. That is pretty funny, though. Like, he's just in this altercation and just shits himself. Ng was arrested for theft, assault, and attempted murder. Sitting in his cell, Ng tried to hang himself using the, his shorts that were covered in shit. And he was stopped by the police. They took all of his clothes without letting him shower. So Charles sat naked and covered in his own shit until he waited to be arraigned for charges. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> Fuck. Wait, let me get my tissues here while I cry for the sob story. So which... Uh where, who was he hiding out with in Canada? Was he staying with his siblings? His, which, which his sibling? Was, there was a family member he was going... His sister lived in oh, Canada. Suck. Her name's Suck. And his brother's name, Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sucking's okay, but I, I fucking is, is my favorite of his siblings. <laughs> I liked their third cousin, Cuck. <laughs> he was my favorite. He just sat in the corner, though. He didn't say much. Exactly. Just like to watch this. Yeah. What was going on? He, he meant no harm. <laughs> I thought you were for real trying to ask a question about <laughs> about who he was hiding out with. I was. It's a dual purpose. And I was proud because I was like, wait, I actually knew this one. We said last week he was going to see his sister. Dave was just putting us on. <laughs> this would start a 14-year run of Charles Ng gaming the system to avoid being tried and sentenced for the murders in the U.S., First, Ng knew that taking a bench trial in Canada was a bad idea because historically, in, when you take a bench trial in Canada, you're going to get the maximum sentence from a judge. There's also a treaty set up between the United States and Canada that if someone needs to be extradited to a state in the U.S. that has the death penalty, Canada has the option to deny, to deny the extradition. Well, it's because Canada's uh, full of tree-hugging murder lovers like Mike over here. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Canada's like, yeah, America, we see what violent, sadistic fucks you are. We're not going to be that. We're going to be a better society. Fair enough. We reserve the right to keep the criminals in our system. Maybe we'll send them to you, but maybe not. We're going to drink some Crown Royal and have a few Molsons and go to a hockey game and we'll, we'll get back to you. Uh, in this case. In all fairness... <laughs> The crimes committed in the United States compared to the crimes committed in Canada, you send this guy back. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, the guy was stealing fucking canned salmon as opposed to the atrocities he committed in the States. Yeah, but 
for whatever reason, Canada decided that Ng needed to face his sentence in Canada before they would even discuss him being extradited, which in all took four years to be negotiated and get Ng to California to face uh, to face trial for murder. What happened with those charges in Canada? They negotiated a deal. He should have been in jail longer in Canada uh, than the four years because they tried him with they also charged him with attempted murder for pulling out the gun. So he was he went to trial. He was found guilty. They put him in in prison and then they worked out a deal where he was going to get released, but sent back to the States to face these other charges. Right. He went from Canadian jail straight to California. They probably should have just sent him to California. You would think, you, you know, even capital punishment aside, like, let's look at the crimes committed here. He should probably stand trial look, for those. Stealing salmon's no joke up yeah. in Canada. <laughs> you would think 11 murders would trump stealing a can of salmon. I, I agree. Well, I think it's more about the death penalty extradition. Yeah. Than the I, other I think thing. I think from that from their standpoint, it is. But, you know, I don't there's know. still justice that needs to be served for those victims here in the States that, you know. I think it's a separate debate on the the what the capital punishment and what his, you know, punishment should be in the end. But yeah. well, a lot of countries won't extradite to a death penalty country. Yeah. France, same way. That's why people go to those countries. I get it. Again, it's canned salmon. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy shit himself. He, you know, and had to sit in it. Is that not I, pun? I'm shitting my pants, literally. <laughs> Is that not punishment enough in Canada? Like, you shit yourself. It's not great. We're going to send you to California now. The only thing that I could possibly think of that they wanted him, that they were taking his sentence serious. I don't know what the gun laws are like in Calgary, but if it's hard to get a gun and he had a gun on him. I assure you it's not easy. I would see them maybe wanting to make an example out of him because the fact that he had a gun and pulled it out. But still, 11 murders. I think there's a lot of things that we more tolerate here in the United States and in Canada. They're like, uh, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. DUIs being one of them. Like, you're fucked in Canada if you get a DUI. You can't even go in the country from the U.S., right? Yeah. Or you got to get special dispensation, but they'll question your DUI. Yeah. So, it gets a little tricky. And it, you know, like you said, it just extended this process for years and years and years. Yeah, because he purposely took the bench trial because he knew damn well that he would get a, a max sentence for that. Interesting legal maneuvering. But I still think it's all would about you, the death penalty extradition, though. Wouldn't you want the max penalty in Canada as opposed to the max penalty in the United States? That's what I'm. That's what he said. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying he, he was avoiding that. I'm he sorry. wanted the max sorry, in Canada in, gotcha. in hopes that... <laughs> he was like, please, please, <laughs> right. give me 10 years for attempted murder or whatever it is here. I'm joking, of course, but yeah. During his time in prison in Canada... Charles Ng was being Charles Ng. Uh, he got along with everyone. Inmates thought he was hilarious with his spin kicks, but specifically he made friends with an inmate named Maurice LaBerge. LaBerge and Ng had nicknames for each other. LaBerge called Ng Slant, while Ng called LaBerge Grasshopper from the movie Karate Kid. Wax on, wax off. 
the one thing that Ink did that would come back to haunt him was that during that four-year period, he drew LaBerge around 200 cartoons of his crimes. <laughs> That's a good idea, huh? <laughs> this is the shit. One of these drawings showed Leonard Lake holding a whip in his right hand, his dick in his left hand, with a woman bent over with her wrists and ankles bound. There was a bubble above Lake's head that said, quote, Oh, I love you, Kathy. I really do. While in the left side of the picture behind Lake, there's a cartoon of Ing with a bubble that said, Rice is ready, dinner time. Oh, boy. Are these available anywhere? You can see this one. Can online. you? Mm-hmm. Ugh, this guy. This guy's absolutely ridiculous human being. He's the most absurd human being I've yeah. ever read <laughs> exactly. about. And that's saying something. I mean, that's a list of, that's quite an impressive list of ridiculous human beings. Yeah. Charles Ng is definitely the most ridiculous person. Uh, it just I just saw this on LA Times. I'm sorry. Ron Jeremy indicted on more than 30 counts of sexual assault. Goddamn. I thought that happened already. I knew that they were had like an investigation on him. He's going away. Yeah. Yeah. He does. There was actually an AMA on Reddit a while back of a porn star. She kept was anonymous. Like that shit is just rampant. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's awful. Yeah, it seems like a pretty toxic environment. Yeah. Yeah. Her AMA was pretty rough. Anyways. Okay. Ron Jeremy, he could suck his own cock though. So there's mm-hmm. that. Ron Jeremy can? You ever seen it? No. I would, no. I'm not going to watch video of the guy sucking his own dick. No, I'll pass on that one. I believe you, Dave. He's a self-made man, Mike. All right, well. If you could do that, why are you sexually assaulting people? Like, come on. Exactly. Come on, man. Some of them were young, too, like oh. under like 15 years old. If you could do that, why would you even leave your house? Yeah. I would never talk to a woman again. <laughs> This is off air, right? We have a, we have I derailed a, this conversation. No, it's not off air. We have a keg here. You DoorDash, and you can suck your own cock. Why are you ever leaving the house? <laughs> I just feel bad. I interrupted a story to, to talk about breaking news. Ron Jeremy charged. Breaking news. People want to know, Mike. Yeah. Well, by the time this episode comes out, you know, in a week and a half or five days from now. What do they call that guy? The Hedgehog? Looks like Ron a Jeremy, hog, right? <laughs> the picture they showed of him in court, he had a mask on. He did not look well. Mm-mm. 68 years ugly old. bastard. Yeah. yeah. He's not an attractive man. No. No, he's not. Okay. Well, if this makes air, then there's your breaking news. Right. <laughs> Thanks not. for the interlude, Mike. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know Mike's will, watching him suck his own dick. I will 100% never watch that. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't for a want second. to know what that looks like. I don't want to even. Ugh. I mean, it's like an Olympic gymnastics competition, yeah. somewhat, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sex Olympics gold medalist right there. Another drawing showed a cartoon of Aang sitting in his jail cell picking his nose, and behind him were pictures hung up on the wall with names under them. The names were Carol, Cosner, Parentel, Dubs, Gerald, Allen, and Bond. All known murder victims. Old. A third that was used as evidence that Ing drew was a drawing of Ing with a chef's hat on, cooking a baby in a wok with the words, Daddy dies, Mommy cries, Baby fries at the top, which was the chant that he used at the Dennis Moving Company around the time that the Dubs family were murdered. 
based on evidence that we're going to get into in a bit, this implies that Ng probably burned the Dubs baby alive. This is turning into one of the war. I mean, units third, unit seven thirty one is the only thing that really comes close to some of this stuff we're talking about here. Yeah. Man. Uh, the final one that was used as evidence that I know about was a picture of Ng doing the thing that he called the asshole death grip that we part talked about on part one or two. The other inmate that Ng talked to all the time was a guy named Ed Popovich who was in the military prison with Ng back before all this started. Popovich's testimony would be used against Ng in the trial in the U.S. that we're going to get into. If we remember back to part one, Lake sent Ng all kinds of letters into military prison with pictures of the bunker, pictures of cricket, and pretty detailed information about Operation Miranda. So Ng kept in contact with Popovich after they got out of prison and would call him at least once a week, running his mouth about what he and Lake were up to. We talked about this earlier in the show. You could definitely make the argument that Popovich should have contacted police about what Ng was saying, just the same as Cricket. But according to Popovich, Ng had specific words for people that he used. During one conversation, Ng told him that he and Lake had, quote, wasted a boofer. Boofer being a term that Ng used for black people. And it's a pretty, the prosecution really was like, no one uses that word. Like they were really able to single yeah, that out. You, that's a homemade word you made up, clown. Yeah. Which would point to the murder of Maurice Rock, who was murdered to get to victim Cheryl Okoro, who Maurice was dating. Another conversation, Ng told him that he, quote, roasted a sucker. Sucker being a term Ng used for babies and children. This was around the time of the Dubs family murder and further clues in the conversation led to Popovich believing that Ng had burned the baby alive. There were also numerous conversations where Ng told Popovich what he and Lake were doing at the cabin with holding women captive, raping, and killing them. Ng would invite Popovich over all the time to be part of it, pretty much saying like, hey man, get up here, you'd, lo you'd love it, you know, get in on this with us. Uh, to Popovich's credit, he never took Ng up on the offer, and it sounded like he wished Ng would stop calling him, but he should have reported these conversations. He was almost a decent human being. Yeah. Almost. Almost. Well, to my credit, Ian, I didn't kill anyone today. So is that how it works? Yeah. It's okay. a good start here in America. <laughs> here in America where we celebrate violence. That's a good start, Dave. Huh? I'm pat myself on the back. Yeah. Good Thanks, job, fellas. Good job. Appreciate that. I thought about it a couple times, but I didn't actually do it. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. On September 26, 1991, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled by a vote of four to three against Ng, and he was deported to California within an hour of the ruling. <laughs> Fast-tracked his ass out of there. After those four years of being in prison in Canada, when Ng got to California, he continued this game of delaying the process. I have questions for those three judges that voted uh, yeah, right. to keep him in Canada. Well, I think like I, Dave might probably, I think, said earlier, like they're we're just probably against the death penalty and 
figured we'll just keep them here. When did can when did California put a hold on the death penalty? 2006. Oh, so that had nothing to do with it then. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. They haven't executed anybody since 2006. Going back a second, did anything happen to Popovich? They just no. talked to him for a while. Because yeah. you can't really charge him with anything, even though, you know, it's pretty shitty. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, if you're Popovich, do you take him seriously? Like, he in prison, I'm sure there's a lot of hard asses that run their mouths and say they did stuff. And you're just like, oh, okay, yeah. I guess. But if a guy's calling you every week and talking, hey, come on up here. We're holding some women captive. I don't know. Yeah. That's the way Popovich sounds when you read his testimony, like in full. He, it's like, yeah, Ng's a, a shit talker. He called me all the time. I wish he wouldn't have called me, you know. Probably just more of a nuisance of like, oh, yeah. this guy again. Yeah. Let me listen to what he has to say and then I'll say, okay, and then hang up. Yeah, I suppose. I didn't, I don't think. I just think it would be hard to, like, if you were going to get, you can't really get him on anything. Yeah. According to Popovich, it was more of a, he didn't believe anything Ng was telling him. But then afterwards with the, the evidence, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember he said that. He killed it, you know, his term of boofer. And yeah. it was real specific yeah. stuff. So Ng would act like he was going to agree to a plea to a plea bargain, then back out. He would fire 10 lawyers and all just over and over again. He filed motions on his own about judge misconduct or juror misconduct. Uh, Cricket's testimony, like we talked about earlier, was absolutely worthless. And she probably should have had her immunity taken away. And there were also some jurors that were excused for illness or actual misconduct, not Aang making up shit. And this all, you know, this resulted in a couple mistrials. That right there is how long, you know, a couple long mistrials. Time. That's years, I'm sure. Aang mm -hmm. also sued the state over his temporary detainment at Folsom Prison, where he was caught hiding maps, fake IDs and other escape materials. He filed a ton of complaints regarding the strength of his glasses, the temperature of his food, and his right to do origami in his jail cell. I'm stuck in Folsom prison and my food is cold. <laughs> is the temperature of food in prison ever good? Like, it can't be, right? I just imagine, like, uh, get in line, pal, with that complaint. Yeah. yeah. You can't do origami. Huh? I've seen Shawshank. I've seen those maggots <laughs> in that food. Oh, God. During this time period, Ng went through a series of sessions with psychiatrist Stuart Grassian, who said that Ng had dependent personality disorder, but made that diagnosis without viewing the tapes that showed Ng participating in crimes. So I'm not sure why this psychiatrist's opinion was even taken for trial, if he didn't even watch the evidence. Valid point. <laughs> um, the clinical psychologist Abraham Nivod did watch the tapes and agreed with the diagnosis of dependent personality disorder and said that Ng's behavior in the tapes showed that he was attempting to mirror and please Leonard Lake. They were all of the opinion that Lake was the true ringleader and Ng was just following orders. That seems accurate, right? Mostly yeah. based on what we've seen. The prosecution, when we get into like the, um, the pictures, they're going to point towards some stuff that Charles Ng said to LaBerge that wasn't in uh, that wasn't in drawings where he bragged about killing more people than Leonard Lake. And the prosecution's hmm. going to point toward that drawing that had specific names on them 
and say that he was, you know, they would use that as evidence that he was responsible okay. for those murders. Based on what Ng told LaBerge, Ng was the brutal one of the the pair. All right. But I think even just looking back at part three and like the uh, the transcripts we read, it was very clear who was running the show. It wasn't Charles Ng. No. So he was like Lake's uh, attack dog, maybe even. Like the muscle type. Yeah. Yeah. Strange Chinese like muscular good, man. Good cop, by, bad cop type yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like do what we say or this scary guy in the corner over here is going to fucking cut your head off. Right. Chanting no kill, no thrill. Well, yeah. He, Right. <laughs> Remember, he was the one that was stripping Brenda O'Connor too, right? Like With he was knife. the one taking her clothes off and threatening right. her. Leonard Lake was the one just behind the camera, right. you know, and then was the one that finally was like, okay, go sit on the couch and go get her a glass of water. You know, he I, was, he was a piece of shit, but he was the one playing more of the nicer guy. That's fair. Which I think lends to him being the leader and Ng being more of the follower. I think that's right. Yeah. Not to justify what Ng did. Just saying. So at this point, like we just fast forward through a ton of stuff. We're in January of 1999 at this point. The prosecution really sat down and worked out a deal that took a long time to set up where Ng would plead guilty to everything in exchange for life in prison. This is how juror Nancy McEwen said that the day we're going to be talking about went down. Quote, Around 11 in the morning, a bunch of media people came running out of the courtroom and got on their cell phones or lined up at the two pay phones. What's going on? Something big. I thought they had probably come to a plea bargain agreement in exchange for life in prison. I was disappointed. I wanted my vote and my say in deliberations. They finally called us to a very crowded courtroom. I immediately noticed Mr. Ng's chair was empty. I figured I was right about the plea bargain and that the extra bailiffs we saw go in there to take him away. Then I was shocked to see him sitting in the witness chair. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea, Chucky. <laughs> this was Ng's last attempt at derailing the trial, and this was not a very smart one. <laughs> For a guy who wanted to stay in Canada, though, to like avoid maximum you know, capital punishment, yeah, sounds like a pretty sweet plea bargain, right? Like you're not going to be killed. I think he's blowing up the plea bargain, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, why would you be blowing that up? Yeah, exactly. Like, you literally, you know, you could have stayed in Canada and maybe been in prison for life or, or for, a, you know, a long time. Now they're giving you a plea bargain. You're going to avoid death and you're blowing it up. I don't know if he thought that by him just doing this and saying he would take the stand would cause another... Delay a mistrial something. something. I think this mm. was his last attempt at trying to pull something like that off, and this was just not not a good idea. Not <laughs> not going to work out in his favor. On the stand, Ing was asked how he viewed Leonard Blake. Ing said, "I viewed him as a veteran, as a person that was in Vietnam, in the Marine Corps. He told me he was a staff sergeant when he retired." So I look at him as a person that have like senior to me. I view him as a patriot because he fought for the country. And I view him as a person who is very knowledgeable about different things like homesteading, history and geography. And also things of common interest in the Marine Corps that we usually talk about. So my tendency is to follow his advice and respect his judgment. 
Prosecutors asked Ng about that whole chanting, daddy dies, mommy cries, baby fries, while working at the moving company. And he said that it was, quote, in the spirit of jocular type locker room talk. <laughs> That's locker room talk. It's fine. He's going to use that term again and again throughout this trial like and stuff that I didn't put in here quotes that all this stuff is just jocular and satire jocular I'm gonna start using that <laughs> word this whole show is jocular Macronaupod yeah. <laughs> is jocular <laughs> regarding his drawings that Ng gave to LaBerge he said quote it came about as a way to kill time and as a result of information that LaBerge had supposedly read about me or heard about me it result in jocular activity between me and him. He would draw part of the cartoon and slide it over to me and I would embellish it and send it back. That is kind of humor thing between him and me. <laughs> it's a jocular it's activity. Jocular, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> Look, if I'm in a locker room, I'm making eye contact with no one. I'm sure as hell not t- communicating with anybody. I'm changing, I'm getting in and out, and moving out with my day. That's your etiquette in a locker room. And that should be every man's etiquette in a locker room. <laughs> I don't need you to make eye contact with me when you're fucking drying your balls off. That the old guys like to put their knee up on the bench. Sure, man. <laughs> their ball sack down to their knees so you look, have to look at them. Is, there, is an old man happier anywhere else than being nude in a Prince, locker room? Prancing around. <laughs> they love it. They love it. Why? I don't know, man. I'm just saying. It's quite strange. My locker room experiences are very different different than uh, Charles Ng alleges his experiences were. <laughs> Regarding the drawing of Ng with the bowl of rice that said it's dinner time, he said, quote, it was something funny. The background where I was standing with a bowl of rice, that is a joke because in the transcript, Lake was talking about how you will fuck for us, work for us, and cook for us. When in fact, you know, None of the M ladies have ever cooked for us or washed for us. And I was actually doing most of the cooking when I'm up there. So that's why I put that as like essentially the satire of the whole unrealistic situation placed on those transcripts. Yeah. Okay, Pally. I I have no words for this fucking clown. Come on. He's the most absurd human being that I've, I've ever read about. About the drawing of the asshole death grip of having anal sex with a woman while you choke her to death from behind, Ng said, quote, LaBerge kind of pulled my leg and I end up making the writing as kind of a satire to show that this is how ludicrous this kind of saying is. And like we, we've been laughing about him, talking about how he's absurd. You know, like there oddly is this humor to him, like just how stupid of a criminal he is how absurd the shit that he says, trying to explain away some of this stuff. But questioning about his conversation with LaBerge really puts it back into perspective, at least for me when I was reading the book, because I'm like kind of like this odd humor with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to conversations, it really put it back into perspective at what type of a monster Charles Ng is. I'm just going to run through this transcript real quick. Did you tell Maurice LaBerge At first, I felt funny about wasting the baby, but then I figured it was better that way having no parents. No. Did you tell Maurice LaBerge that you told Debbie Dubs she would have to decide fast whether she wanted your dick or her baby because her baby was already dead? No. 
Did you tell Maurice LaBears that you rammed a 45 into her cunt and then put it in your mouth? No. Did you tell Maurice LaBears at the time my dick was king? What am I supposed to do? Have sex with her and her husband and the baby is dead? Am I supposed to let her go? No. And there's a lot worse than that in the book that it's, it's kind of mind blowing to read. Wow. The lawyers, you know, talking about all the shit that he actually said to that LaBears guy. LaBears must have a pretty good memory to be able to recount this. The, but I, mean, I guess if you hear shit like that, you probably fucking remember it too, right? In the or thing, see pictures that he yeah, kind of yeah. drew for you or whatever. Ing denied everything and put all the blame on Leonard Blake when it came to murder. Regarding him being seen on the tapes and talking the way that he did, Ing said, quote, I've done horrendous things. I certainly regret it. It was when I was young and adventurous and surrendered my independent judgment that I always going to regret. The way he says young and adventurous, it seems like you're talking about being irresponsible and drinking when you're underage or doing, yeah, you know what adventurous. I mean? You went on a backpacking trip to Europe, you yeah. know, after high school. Took a car on a joyride. Yeah, it's not quite the same, pal. Because he's he's admitting to, I mean, he has to admit to being on the tape. So he knew about the forcible imprisonment and rape of yeah. women. So that's what he's talking about. That he's young and adventurous that he regrets. Was his family at this trial? Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, I had a mental note. I'm going to bring oh, up okay. about his dad in a little bit. And with that last quote, the prosecution was done and it would be set for closing arguments. The prosecution laid out everything that we've been talking about for the past four weeks. While the defense stuck to the story that Ng just followed Lake's orders and never killed anyone. However, the defense added one new detail that the bones found on the property came from, quote, roughly 10 cats because Ng said that they were killing stray cats for food at times. I don't have to be some pretty large cats. <laughs> Doesn't seem to add up. 10 cats, 45 pounds of fragments. <laughs> nope. Both sides rested on February 23rd, 1999. And after 14 years, the jury returned a verdict within hours. They found Charles Ng guilty of the murder of six men, three women, and two baby boys. The charge of murdering the seventh man, Paul Cosner, who had been killed for the Honda Prelude, had been dropped due to insufficient evidence. There wasn't enough evidence to say if Ng or Lake shot Paul Cosner in the back of the head. And Ng didn't really run his mouth about that murder to, to LaBerge or anybody else. And you brought up his parents. They flew in from Hong Kong for this trial. Oh, okay. Remember, I, I don't know if it was on part one or two. Whenever we were talking about um, Charles Ng growing up, that, that quote about his dad beating him. Beating him. It was hard. Really bad. Yeah. So at the trial, when all this was over, you know, people can say their last, their close, you know, their statements, right. their victim impact statements. He did one and he was in tears apologizing to the family members for beating Charles Ng because he really put all of it on himself. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, that was, I want to say part one. That sounds right. I feel awful for that guy. Like, yeah, you shouldn't probably beat your kids or put your hands on them in any way, shape or form. But to take to, to put 11 murders, or, you know, plus on, on your back, that's. You're being a little hard on yourself. Some people are just bad. It's not necessarily right. Nature, nurture. I don't think anything that you did led to all of this. 
That's fair. That's awful. Did Charles Ng have a relationship with his par- parents at all? Like throughout his life after he moved away and was doing all this? Yeah. Like I mean, that they would come from Hong Kong for this? Oh, I Or was know. this just kind of like a, uh, we haven't heard from him in, you know, 20, 30 years, but we're going to go because it's our son? I don't know what type of contact he had with his parents. Mm-hmm. I knew he had some. He had some with his siblings, specifically his sister in, in Canada. Suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that's not fair. I apologize. <laughs> His sister's like, what did I do? <laughs> his poor sister, yeah. It's a made-up sister, damn. not his real sister. Hmm. <laughs> it's Dave's, Dave's terrible jokes <laughs> sister. His sweet sister who's living in Canada, trying to just get through in life. Now she's going to be called sucking. <laughs> He's so laughing about it. <laughs> his own damn joke. This was kind of what I was going to wrap up with, but we're talking uh, talking about it right now. I think you know, Charles Ng had every opportunity given to him from his parents. He got he got beat, you know, when he was being bad. It's a different time, mm-hmm. you know. That's not everybody that got beat well, back in the day is not capable of killing two sure. babies. And we're saying beat, and I don't remember. Like I don't was he physically abused or was it just when he you know f- when he fucked up his dad hit him with a cane right. like so, on the on the so that's, on the behind like you that's know, pretty intense it's, it's pretty not that's not quite stuff. A, but it's not a it, it's not just a spanking he's being hit with a weapon it's also different times it, and it's a it's a different time and his dad pa- people have used paddles you know it's well, it was it belts has, over here there's a cane yeah. over there it's not all yeah. that different I guess no that's what I'm saying like yeah. it, I mean it's it, it's intense now I think but. It's not, you know, abuse like some of these killers we talk about who were, you know, brutally beaten and or molested and or whatever else. Like this is just this is a parent trying to raise their kid the right way as opposed to hurting them for the sake of hurting them. Yeah, this was when Charles Ng fucked up in school, did something bad. This wasn't like Mm -hmm. an everyday thing. What I was going to wrap up with with Ng is that I I really feel like Ng represents something that people don't like to or don't want to acknowledge everybody thinks it's nature nurture or Mm. there has to be something in your background that would make you that way and with ing it's you know a perfect example of you can just be born like this yeah oh yeah absolutely i don't think there's an ant like it's not nature or nurture it's just it's either or yeah but i've seen a combination of combination of both I've seen people comment on things about these two and say things like, um, you know, I hope people like that can't be born, you know, that there had to have been something in his background. There wasn't. He's just, he was born with something turned off in his head that would allow you to to do this stuff. I agree. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) He loves the abrupt endings. (laughs) One day we're going to actually end a show like that. And people are like, Mike out, I'm done. Yeah. People are going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so Ng's prosecution ended up costing the state of California approximately $20 million, making it the second most expensive trial in the state's history. First being the Satanic Panic Trials and third O.J. Simpson's trial. As of the day that we're recording this, Charles Ng is sitting on death row at San Quentin State Prison. I'm pretty sure he's still being Charles. I don't think anything's probably changed about him at all. 
um, doing his spin kicks and joking around with everyone. Well, in his old age, he probably can't do spin kicks as well. Well, didn't yeah. I read he weighs like 500 pounds now, too? Yeah. So I don't think he's doing any spin kicks. <laughs> he, does he really? Yeah. Have you seen pictures of what he looks like now? I don't think I saw pictures. So I, I, I actually, was reading. I have a photo that we're going to post. This is him in 2007. He's not huge, but he's just yeah, he's old. Normal. No, there's a recent one where he's real. A muscular Chinese man, just like the description, but. So if I what if I uh, look up Charles Ng? Just like, type in Charles Ng, you'll see a picture of him come out. It's Where like five hundred pounds an exaggeration. Is he just fat? Yeah, no, he's a, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> this is twenty eighteen. It looks like he lost he's, some weight there, hmm. a he's little bit, blowing compared. up a little bit there compared to that last. He's also one. getting older though, like that. Yeah. But like like that's port, eh. portly, uh, portly. Hmm. I don't know when that's from. I don't know. I'd like to see a 500 pound photo. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> that, the, yeah. I mean, the fact that there's not any pictures of him super recent kind of leads to this, um, to the outside world. All is quiet from Charles and he never gives any interviews, which is kind of surprising for a guy that like to run his mouth as much yeah, as he did. Right. Or maybe just nobody wants to fucking talk to him. Could have did a cartoon book like our pal Issei, Issei Sagawe. I mean, he did it pretty much his own cartoon yeah. book. Just find that up. No and one's publish published it, it yet. <laughs> Maybe Cool Down Media can publish that. <laughs> proceeds, all proceeds go to the families of the victims. I think uh, Paranormal Erotica has taught us that it's quite easy to self-publish anything these days. Uh, <laughs> yep, without even true. spell checking it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. As far as cricket goes, I couldn't find anything about what she's up to or even if she's still alive. When I clicked, there were some links that said, like, what's Clarilyn Bal is up to, like, you know, whatever. Um, They led to some pretty shady sites. Weird. You wouldn't expect sites like that to show up on the front page of Google. But, you know, that's something coming from the guy who just gives his you know, personal information to every website that asks. Yeah. How many accounts did you open <laughs> on these sites? Yeah. Like the first one I clicked on it was trying to download malware. I'm like, all right, this oh is really God. weird. I'm just trying to do some research here. Um, I tried to do one of those background check things on her. I tried to do a been verified on her. Yeah. Nothing came mm. up. I think she probably changed, changed her name. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. It's grasshopper now. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the story of Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Mm. Only took a month to get through. Yep. Pretty. Meanwhile, Israel Keys fans are still like motherfuckers. <laughs> How dare you, sirs? They'll get over it. We'll get to him someday. I will say, fellas, this was uh, quite we'll get, a jocular we'll- episode compared to last week. Yeah, we were able. Is it to, though? Isn't every episode pretty fucking jocular? I mean, I would. I last would week, argue. last week was not jocular. No, we were very no, serious true. last week. That's true. Well, what jokes could be made? Yeah, pretty disturbing, like real life horror movie stuff. Is how I yeah. kind of look at this. I think the big, the thing that interests me the most about this case is with Leonard Lake. You can you see a background. It's, whether his grandma caught let him or ignored it. He was taking pictures of his sisters. He was mm-hmm. getting blowjobs from his sisters. And you see that evolve with him, like, yeah. you know, forcing people to look at the pictures all the time and all that shit. But with Aang, it's, it's weird. There's nothing that would point to 
him, you know, some somebody being capable of being a part of killing two whole families pretty yeah, much. Yeah. It's tough to wrap your head around and explain it. Yeah. I mean, I don't really you can. know what to do with any final thoughts on our, or closing comments on this stuff. Like it's, but like you said, the scary part is there's more, there's more people like that out there. Yeah. Well, someone like that. Was there's, less than, there's less than you let us to believe, well, but still. <laughs> Did I say what? There's two, three thousand uh, serial killers. That's out there not what I said. I think that's the exact quote, right? <laughs> <laughs> you you can go on to 4chan right now and go to the R9K board, and you can read threads of people that think exactly like Leonard Lake thought mm. with regarding women. Yeah. There's tons of people out there like this. It's just I thankfully it's rare that they any, act on it. Yeah, that they go as far as yeah. Lake did, but I, you know, you could hop on there now and just read tons of comments and that type of thought is, you know, used to be stuck to little corners of the world, but now everybody mm. can find each other yeah, and share this information, yeah, you know, right. this kind of stuff. Mm-mm-mm. So what do we got? Closing thoughts, final thoughts, anything that we haven't uh, touched on yet? No, I think the same thing as I said last week or the week before. And earlier in the show, if anybody wants to really dig into this more, read die, uh, read die for me. It's good. It's like 570 pages, and it really goes into detail about stuff. Mm. All the legal proceedings in Canada. Like, there's a ton. Yeah, there's four sure years worth of stuff going on there. That's all I got. Yeah, I don't have anything else. All I'm going to say is that Mike bashed the Goonies again, so now the hate mail is going to come in. <laughs> have we ever gotten... What the fuck's wrong with Mike? How's he like the Goonies? Have we gotten hate mail about me not liking it? Oh, yeah. Really? Mike's wrong about the Goonies. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not a good People movie. don't like when you say that. Not a good movie. I was just talking about this with some friends recently, and someone said that they knew somebody who actually loved the Goonies so much they have a Goonies tattoo. I feel bad for that person that they wasted a tattoo on such a shitty movie. I would get a Goonies tattoo. I would get uh, John Matuzak. Hey, you guys! (laughs) I would get that dude's face tattooed. Sweet! What you could do is just ask me to draw like a portrait of someone, and it'll be so bad it would look like that, and then just get that tattooed on you. (laughs) What was his name in there? Um, I don't remember what his name in there. I can't remember. I think he was shit character number four. Corey Feldman was in that movie. Yes, I know. Okay. It's, so it's a fan, it's Academy Award winning in Ian's eyes. Corey Feldman has never made a bad movie, Dave. Did you ever hear this? Ian will tell you all about it. I've, I've, I've heard that argument made. Yeah. I'm not well, then sure I lo- about it. Then I looked at everything I w- he was in, and it's like this window of like maybe 84 to like <laughs> 90 is like really good. Oh, now he's qualifying mm. his statement. Mm. Mm. Interesting. And then what at 90 gets the shit? Yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> you know, I wanted we've talked about this movie all the time. I wanted to watch The Burbs the other day. It is like not available on anything. Really? Without like actually purchasing the movie. Hmm. Why the fuck <laughs> does the universe hate us so much that it won't let us just watch the burbs? I want the burbs on demand anytime. It was on Netflix for a long time. It was. It's not anymore. Like it's just a it's a corny it should be movie. there when you need it why is it just not there agree that happens to me all the time i go to watch something like it was on amazon or netflix the week before and then i gotta pay for it yeah my 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 wants never line up with the free material right you can <laughs> fucking like watch 
the entire 97 hours of like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit anytime, anywhere. I can't watch a fucking like 68 minute movie from the 80s featuring Tom Hanks. Like, come on. 68. I just mean like, you know, it's a real short movie. Meanwhile, all these other ones, fucking all this, this high cost, big production stuff. I hear you, man. It's bullshit. I was too lazy to get my go look for like all my DVDs, like my book of movies. So I was searching for Heather's same thing. Really? I couldn't stream it. See? Couldn't. You had to pay money for it. So I'm like, well, now I guess I have to get up and go look for the DVD of it to watch it. Maybe I'll just do that. I mean, I'll just buy. You can buy the Burbs on DVD for what? Like a dollar? <laughs> Probably. I'll buy it used yeah. on Amazon. <laughs> Shipping will be four times the cost of the actual DVD. All right. A couple patron shout outs. Uh, not a couple, a few, but I have uh, some make goods on some names I fucked up. But, you know, I blame that on one beer, two beers, three beers or 10 beers, 150 beers. <laughs> you know what happens? Uh, so thank you very much to Carmen Connect, Bethany Lamperon. Chris, the blind forklift driver, and no, that is not a sh- the, uh, work. He is a shoot blind forklift driver. Uh, kudos to you, man. Been doing it for 25 years. Hell yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I would say I know how to drive a forklift. Do you? Yeah. I can't imagine doing it blind. This guy's been doing it for 25 years. Imagine that. He's got that shit down. Kudos to you, man. Uh, and Neil McEckern. Uh, those were my make goods. Now we have to get to the new patrons. Sounds like pretty simple names. I don't know how you could have fucked those <laughs> up so much. Well, when they're spelled phonetically, I don't know. Some of these are spelled, you know, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? Chris the, Chris the blind forklift driver. I don't know I how that one was messed up. Uh, thank you very much to Sarah. I feel like I read the name Sarah every fucking month. Like there's there's a Sarah, but it's just Sarah. There's never a last name. People don't want their net last name associated with this show. But is it the same? <laughs> is it the same girl over and over again? I'm sure there's more than one Sarah. But yet they all just do let no last name. Maybe there's a lot of Sarahs that don't want their last yeah. names attached to us. They don't Maybe. want College Mike showing up at their house. Probably. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe we also shouldn't spend this much time on one name. Or we're gonna be here for the next hour and a half. <laughs> Cheryl Starner, Raul Munoz, The Guam Bomb, Samantha Mason, Sandy Tracy, Pamela Reed, Kristen Powell Andrus, Zoe Von Bergen, Royal Shelton, Laura Riley, Meg Elms, Angie, Aaron Hicks, Goddamn Pally, as Mike would say, Sarah Byrne, there's a Sarah with a last name, Project. Nico Boquez, Johnny, a morbid bitch, Michael Gonzalez, Sydney Stahl, Kylie, John, Holden. Your penis in your hand right now? <laughs> no, wait for this one. Watch this one. Holden Two Dicks, <laughs> Valentina Aguayo, Vaginal Blood Fart. That might be the worst one <laughs> Holy yet God. in the history of this show. McKenna Cusmic. Necronomacuck, Renee Lynch, Jensen Grimley, Heather Millward, Liam Brake, Brianna Johnson, Mike's Hard Nipples. That's fine as long as you don't touch them. 
Stephanie Bottomley, Allie Vetter, Colleen, Molly, with an exclamation point, Laura Donnell, Jessica Hudson, Stephen Darren, Lil Baby, Jill 9260Lemons, Yasmin Isarafanich, Claire Stickney, Catherine Carmichael, Goofy T-Rex, Cucks Across Canada, going global, Carl Hall, Katie Ray Guns, or Katie Ray Guns, Jordan Morgan, Nathan Bost. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate your support. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Whorehead333, KMB1030, Oh, hey, Ian, my name is Stephanie. That's the person that said they wanted me to say uh, say their name. So, <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> Noah Guys and Dylan the Sloth TM. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, what do you got? Uh, by popular request, we have put the three pack of stickers back up for sale on the website. So, whatnotpod.com. Check it out. On the actual website. That's not on Amazon. It's not on Amazon. We saw some people asking. No, it's on our website. Necronompod.com. Go to merch. Three pack of stickers. That's it. What more could you ask for? They're good ones, too. Labor Day shopping season's coming up, so get those get those orders in. <laughs> <laughs> Huge shopping, shopping season. Slap them on your grill while you're yeah. cooking those. Or on your cooler. Uh, on your cooler. Hot dogs. Put them on your cooler while you're sure, drinking some sure. beers on that, that three-day weekend. You know. Put them on a koozie. Just stick it on a blank koozie, and then you got now you have a Necronomicon pod koozie. Go to the police station, stick it on their windshield. <laughs> Put it anywhere. It's suitable for any. Maybe suitable don't do to that. stick anywhere. <laughs> but yes, yes, they will stick to a lot of things. <laughs> we don't recommend you use them as uh, Jimmy hats, right? They not good Jimmy hats. No, <laughs> they are not a good form of birth control. <laughs> unless you not. just want to turn the girl off and she doesn't even sleep with you because she sees that you listen to a fucking Necronomicon. <laughs> then it's a, a great Jimmy hat. <laughs> uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. You have to type that in. You can't search for us on Patreon. We will not show up because we are listed as adult content. Potty mouths. Yeah, potty mouths. Toilet humor. Jocular talk, if you will. <laughs> Jocular. <laughs> like, I, I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Fart noises and whatnot. <laughs> um, and I think that was all of it. Uh, Patreon. What else? What did I miss? I think that's it. Anyways. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>